Leader Thursday. Thought Leader Thursday on Metro FM Talk. It is indeed, and 24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Thought Leader Thursday segment here on Metro FM Talk. Tonight, my Thought Leader is Ongem Kiva. Uh, he is, uh, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, a gentleman of many talents, but uh, he's co-head of Africa Debt and Trade Solutions at RMB. And uh, the kind of person we want to talk to, I guess, as we talk about, you know, uh, deals, uh, transcontinental deals around critical infrastructure that at least will give some meaning uh, to um, the unity we want, uh, the continental free trade area that uh, so painstakingly uh, many leaders on our continent have been working on. And we also heard from Durko. I think over the last few days or so, they were South Africa agitating for a currency, common African currency, uh, that becomes, I guess, the medium uh, of exchange in much of the trade that we hope will happen on our continent. And uh, Onge is certainly close to much of this action uh, in uh, many of the debt markets and in facilitating you know, export credit and all manner of other things uh, that uh, he certainly would know about. He's my guest tonight and our thought leader. Hi, Bong. Hi. Uh, good evening. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. And good evening to, to the Metro FM listeners. I'm actually calling you uh, out of the OR Samba Airport. I've just come back from a financing conference uh, out of Cape Town okay. that, that focused on, on fundraising across the, the continent. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm not representing RMB tonight. Um, no, that's I'm fine. I'm representing uh, Pan Africa. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, keen, keen to chat to you and thanks for, for the opportunity sure, to, to share sure. my thoughts on this. No, that's fine. I mean, look, you're not wearing your hat, your employer's hat. We, we appreciate that. But you're not going to get away, I guess, from, from not answering some of the questions on, um, you know, the, the role that debt markets can play in uh, facilitating a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of the things that we need that can facilitate trade on our continent. So, so but before we get there, let's maybe start and get a sense of who Onke is, uh, you know, just your own background and I guess uh, how you came to not only working, um, you know, in this space, but also into all of the great work that you do, be it, um, you know, the work that you do in your professional capacity, but also in your personal capacity. Awesome. No, thanks, Abong. So, uh, as you said, I mean, my name is Onken Kiva. I am at the airport, so uh, apologies for, for some of the bit of background noise. Um, I'm a Pan-African child, uh, really um, um, out of the Eastern Cape in, in South Africa. Mm. Um, father of two, uh, married. Um, I'm an investment professional, as you said, that uh, works across the, the continent. And I mean, I think um, I observed Really, lots of um, uh, things that, that, that really are close to my heart around uh, the ability of Africans to move within the continent. Uh, I mean, you've got instances where it's a lot easier for someone out of the UK to get a visa into an African country mm-hmm. than it is, you know, out of our own country. Um, you know, you look at um, some of the uh, lost uh, potential that, that is not being um, taken advantage of uh, in terms of you know, access to minerals, uh, as well as the capabilities we have to process those. Mm. And you know, it's things that I deeply reflect on um, as to what exactly we need as a continent, uh, you know, from an identity perspective, as well as really developing our own capabilities mm. and taking primary responsibility uh, for taking this continent forward. Um, and that's, that's really my yeah. passion. My, my claim to fame is... Uh, in 2021, uh, I was one of the uh, SICA top 35, under 35 um, winners mm. under the lead category for, for 
young children that can't make making an impact in the country so that, yeah. that, that's my case sure, sure. <laughs> and, yeah. and I mean I guess to, to the point you were making earlier on there's so much contradictions just on our continent I mean you know today one reads in, in, in Bloomberg that airlines that operate out of Nigeria are concerned that aviation fuel will be scarce now I'm sitting here saying but doesn't Nigeria produce oil which is like the main product so, so sometimes you, you've got situations like that where it does seem there's so much wealth on our continent, but very little by way of being able to add value to that. And in a way that doesn't get us when there's uncertainty across multiple parts of our world um, in a bit of a pickle. And it does seem like uh, many of our economies um, are heavily, still remain heavily reliant on uh, what happens in the you know, uh, a global north. Uh, and as you say, it's easier to get a visa if you're coming from the UK to another African country than if you're coming from another African country. How do we deal with some of those things at the level of the commercial side of things? Uh, and that's something I guess you, you would certainly have, have seen in, in your many experiences. Yeah, um, I agree. And that's the crux of the matter, right? So, I mean, I'll throw a few stats on that point, right? Um, in any um, African country that you go to, sort of the top three or four corporates in each industry, nine out of ten times they're going to be foreign. Mm. 80% of African countries are net importers, and uh, most African countries do not have processing capabilities for the main minerals that they produce. Mm. So for Botswana, that's diamonds, for Zambia and DRC, that's copper, for Sierra Leone, that's gold. You can go on and on. Um, interesting, your question is around commercial, but without being philosophical, I think where it starts is on identity. Sure, sure. Um, you know, because uh, a lot of who we are now is is framed by um, you know the the narrative of of what our former um, uh, colonizers have, have have sort of articulated as as who we are. Right? Mm. You look at our education system. I don't know what history books you you went through, but the, the first sentence uh, in my history books. Um, when I was in school, said Yantan Rudika arrived in the Cape in 1652. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be philosophical on this thing. It's not about that, but it's really around, you know, for one to, to take primary responsibility for this continent, um, you, you've got to actually um, see it completely differently from, mm. from how you, you've, you've been raised, from how you've gone about in school. You know, one of the interesting facts as well is that I'm not sure if many people know that we, we didn't decide the borders that, that we have today on the continent, mm. right? It was decided by a group of European leaders in Berlin in 1885 um, that this is what Africa was going to be and this is how it would be divided. And today that is what we just start and, and hold pride um, on, that, you know, I'm a South African, the next person is, is Zambian. So I think that that's important. The reason why that's important is because you know, you asked about commercial, you, you then start to see this as one block, mm. right? Um, uh, I mean, Africa um, contributes about, call it 15 to 17% of the world's population, but only about 3% of global GDP. Mm. What that says is that, um, you know, the, the, a simple math, um, call it 14% uh, is basically a net import. Effectively, you know, if you assume that uh, you know GDP is a reflection of uh, 
uh, of population rather than a reflection of consumption. So, 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 so you start to have one block. You start to leverage um, capabilities between the various um, countries. You know, you don't have um, a Zambia exporting the bulk of their copper to region X, and then that region processes mm. it, and then sells cars to, to South Africa. Right, um, you you start to 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 to, to have interlinks between the continent across the value chain. Uh, for me, I think I think this is important uh, because the most successful countries um, have have prioritized very strategically mm. and successful regions beyond countries very strategically on how they would partner, who they would partner with, how they would derive um, And I guess, on the, I mean, that, that's yeah. a necessity, right? I mean, our markets are so small. Like, like if, you, if you were to only think of our 54 nations as just, you know, entities in and of themselves rather than as a common market. I mean, 60 million people might seem like a lot, but it's minuscule in the bigger context. Uh, outside of maybe, you know, countries like Ethiopia and Nigeria, you really don't have big enough markets to springboard you know, and uh, some of a lot of what you're saying, right? So taking the copper, processing it in the same region, maybe getting the, the vehicles that it goes into made in a you know neighboring region. You can't have that if you're only thinking, I guess, of your country as, you know, a, um, how do I put it, like an independent political and social and economic entity outside of the broader continent. Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely, Ayabonga. And then you overlay that with, you know, what do you need to unlock... Um, a regional um, kind of posture on mm. the continent. Uh, you need to reduce the borders. Sure. Uh, you need to break down the walls, at least as it relates to the ability to create value between the borders. And I gave you an example now where there's a number of African countries where um, we've got a team flying out of South Africa, we've got a team flying out of the UK, mm. and it's easier for the UK team to actually obtain a visa than, than the South African team, mm. for example. Let, let, let's talk about something else, and uh, I want us to shift from that because I think you, you've already made that point. I mean, and uh, you see it in many multinationals. You ask anybody who works in a multinational, they'll tell you just even the treatment in some countries of their colleagues who work in different offices is, is different, right? Um, but, but I want to talk to you just about some of the other like, more socially driven work that you do. You, you work with um, young people in correctional facilities, and uh, you also mentor young people as well. Talk to me about that because I guess identity you know, it's not going to happen automatically that we're going to have a different self-view, um, let alone a different outlook on our w- place as Africa in the world and, of course, the role of African people just broadly, I guess, in, in, in humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm on a, um, I'll, I'll talk to the, the correctional service work that I do, but mm. there's a bit of a story around that, right? Okay. Um, so there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Dan Keith uh, that, that, that has a book called Upstream that talks about um, how to think about problems um, and really looking at problems within context, right? Um, and I think this is one of the first things that, that the continent needs to do because we've been told what our problems are and mm. subsequently we've been told how to fix the problems. Um, and that, that's just a recipe for disaster. So here's my... Uh, story to how I ended up in a correctional services. Um, I'll make it very quick. In 2015, 2016, uh, my wife and girlfriend, um, you know, get hijacked by a group of about five guys. Mm. Uh, these guys were young, um, right? Um, and it so happened that, uh, you know, during the, the, the altercation, 
you know, one of them fired a shot at us, but thank God we, we were ultimately safe. Mm. Uh, and so one of the things that, that, that just really stuck with me, I don't know, was uh, what must have happened to an individual to leave their house uh, to go and do a job, because this is a job for these guys, sure, and that sure. context is important. Mm. Crime, but it's a job. Not knowing if you were going to come back. Because in my mind, if you're going to discharge a firearm, then reason is, or rather, uh, you, have, you have to expect that, you know, you could, this could be reciprocated, right? Mm. And so um, I, I deeply reflected on it, and, and it, it, was, it was something that, that really touched me to say, I've got to try and understand these guys. I've got to try and, and help, because uh, they're crying for help, mm. to risk their lives so much. Um, and so I was part of a church, um, still am, uh, called 3C in, in Pretoria, mm. that, um, that had a, a, a prison um, program. You know, I said I wanted to join this because, um, you know, we've, we've, we've got to look at our problems beyond uh, self-preservation. Sure. So this is what the continent needs. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it, it's so fascinating that you speak like that because... You know, we had a time in our country where we were talking about social compacts, right? Where we're saying, I guess, Nazo, Ubukulubazo can't be fixed by one stakeholder group. It's not only government that's going to fix it. It's not only corporations that are going to fix it. It's not only labor. It's not only community organizations or civil society that's going to fix it. You kind of need a framework that's going to guide the trade-offs between these different groups. And it's sometimes, I certainly experience this a lot, that we speak past each other rather than to speak on areas of shared mutual interest as a starting point and then say, what type of framework guides how we have those trade-offs? Um, and, I, and I don't see that. Uh, and I think you know, a big part of changing that dynamic is, is going to be about, about how do we you know, massify and uh, put on a bigger scale a lot of the work that you are doing, not only in the commercial space, but in even that type of outreach. Um, because it's really, in my view, about creating those bridges uh, between different spaces in our society, uh, because we are indeed such a fractured society. Maybe just as a parting shot, Onge, we have run out of time. If, if there was any message, I, I guess, that you would have in light of that context, of the need for this compacting, um, what would it be, and I guess from your own experiences, what, what um, advice would you give to different parties that have to come to the table uh, to fix problems like that, be it crime, unemployment, lack of, uh, you know, uh, in industrialization that can meaningfully give people jobs and so many other problems? Yeah, I think, Ayabonga, the, the first one is, is contextualizing the problem, right? Um, and, and it's interesting that, um, you know, the, the, the African identity is, 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 um, is, 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 is based on right? That, that's kind of who we are, Sure, right? sure. Uh, we talk about Ubuntu across the continent. And so we, we, we need to reframe whatever problem uh, we see in front of us as, as Africans mm. is something that we need to reframe as a common problem. I think sure. that's step number one. Step number two is uh, there's always a role that we can play, right? Whether it's calling out injustice in the places that we work in, whether it's making a choice around unconscious bias um, to reframe, um, you know, some of the problems that we face. And then at a very macro level is how do we look at policies of the continent that actually, um, you know, break down these bridges um, and, and close the gap, right? Um, 
and and as as market participants, uh, if I talk about custodians of capital, how do we redefine the narrative of mm. of, of 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 value on the continent? Right. Um, one of the things that's interesting about South Africa, Ibonga, is that uh, South Africa is growing at 1.9% of GDP. Um, and the reason for that is because you've concentrated value on large corporates and you've neglected the value that can be created by SME. Mm. It's all about reframing. And this is something that we should be unapologetic about because when you talk about inequality gaps and all those kind of things, it's actually a choice that we've made because we've neglected sure. an element of value that requires a reframing of the narrative mm. um, and where Africa is, what our problems are, and how we can solve sure, those problems. Sure. And I think that responsibility you know, sits on each and every one of us. It's not a government responsibility. Um, we've mm. got inefficiencies, we've got all these things, but... There's always a role that each of us sure, can play, sure. um, and obviously the people that that are leaders have an even greater responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So I'm by no means lifted sure, of that sure. point. Clarence. We're going to have to leave it there. And, 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 uh, so we're going to have to leave it here uh, for tonight. But a real pleasure catching up with you. And I think the point you're making there towards the end about reframing how we think about value and how it's distributed between large commercial interests and small players and entities in our society, I think is, is something uh, we have to grapple with and uh, has to be a big part of our social compact. But we're going to have to leave it there. Ongem Kiva. And uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us.